Welcome back to the 16th Street Scanner. It is Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. I'm AJ Hecht. That's Tyler Page. Tyler, how are we doing? I'm doing real good, AJ. I'm looking forward to Long Beach uh, this weekend. And it's been a lot of fun kind of just watching the race over and learning the track. It's a race I haven't watched before, so it's mm-hmm. pretty exciting. I was texting you, you know, when I was watching it. There's yeah. Mario Kart qualities. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited for this race. I, I am too. But before we get into Long Beach, we should catch up on some IndyCar news throughout the week. Um, want to start off kind of a funny one. Rossi was at the White House over the weekend. I, I didn't see a whole lot about it, but I know you were very yeah. excited about this news. It, it caught my eye. You know, first, I like I don't even really follow the White House news or anything, but I saw Gritty, the uh, mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers the hockey team out in Philly, uh, you know, he was dancing around the white house and then, you know, I was just kind of perusing through and somehow I ended up seeing Alexander Rossi there with, a <laughs> with, uh, you know, his 107th Indy car car. Um, am I saying that right? I don't even know. Um, I'm just saying things, but like, was it like a show car? It had like the, yeah, yeah. It's definitely yeah. a show car. Um, yeah. you know, I got some kids showing some milk, um it was cool though it was cool. yeah I, i'm glad there's like representation for indycar yeah, even if it's just it was an easter gathering right they're like doing the egg hunt but yeah it, well i for me that would not draw my attention i mean like there's a certain segment of the population who that does absolutely nothing for but like it's <laughs> weird to think about that that is probably a thing that people saw and are like oh what is this maybe i should look into this this could be interesting so i mean good for indycar for getting out there but that also tells me that IndyCar should be doing more gritty collabs. We need to get gritty all in on IndyCar. I think if you have gritty, from this. you know, like twerking on an IndyCar, that's good. Instant hit. Instant hit. F1 is done. They're out of business. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it was uh, it was just cool. You know, I think it's I think it's time uh, like. For a kid, I feel like all that it takes for you to kind of like latch on to something is just that one brief moment. Yeah. You know, interaction with the driver, interaction with the car, seeing the car. So I'm glad those moments are being made, uh, you know, out there. And there's a, and a there, there's an attempt to represent IndyCar where other sports are being represented. Oh, yeah. I mean, I still remember as a kid seeing it was I think it was. Man, I don't know. It was just a NASCAR at the Kmart in McHenry and like going up with my dad to go see the show car. Like it doesn't have an engine in it or anything. It's just a car right out there. But like I could. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it's cool that it was there. Who knows? I mean, even if it's just one person might not be the best return on investment, but at least there's some (laughs) return, right? Yeah, you got to do it. Um, 
the other news I think that uh, we didn't touch on last time, uh, but it happened. Uh, I don't know if it happened suddenly. I don't think so. But uh, the family relationship between Brian Herta and Colton Herta seems mm-hmm. like uh, Andretti uh, decided to make the decision to change the, the strategist around. Is yeah, I think understanding. Yeah. So I think Brian Herta got moved over to Kirkwood's car, right? Is that? Yeah. 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 That's so that I, for me, I think that's huge news for Colton Herta. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're rooting for him, uh <laughs> I think it maybe it bodes well. I don't know. I like I'm new to this. It's hard for me to understand what a strategist's impact is. But all I know is if I was working with my dad at the highest level of my sport, mm-hmm. um, arguably, I would I would not have a good relationship with my father. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I th- I think it would be different if like you were doing this, like if your dad had done the exact same thing in the past and was like very good at it. Also mm-hmm. like Brian heard won races. He wasn't prolific. He wasn't one of the best of all time, but he won races and he's in the sport for a long team, a long time. And he runs his own team. So, and I mean, who knows what their actual relationship is like. What's weird to me is that it was after one race. Yeah. I, well, that I don't understand. Why, why wouldn't you make that move? over the off season because I've I like, it's not enough time to have established kind of like a trend in performance over the course of the year. Like Kyle Kirkwood ran one race and got launched 60 feet in the air or whatever. Like <laughs> it's not like that was his fault. He just got caught up in a wreck, you know? It's yeah. And I, from what Colton Herta said, it didn't sound like it was his decision. Maybe it was Brian's decision. I don't know, but yeah, it was just weird. It was totally out of nowhere. Yeah, I I can only imagine what's going on, you know, in that garage. But I imagine that's got to be a shock uh, for a lot of people. You know, if, if you're if you're, you or I are in the office, you know, and you get you just suddenly get a new manager. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's gonna have an impact. So I hope it doesn't impact Colton too much because I am rooting for him. Perkwood, uh-huh. um, uh, you know maybe it helps him maybe they're they're better fits who knows yeah i mean i part of me thinks that maybe he's making that decision because when i say him i mean michael andretti maybe he's making that decision because brian herda is really good at his job and kyle kirkwood is a new driver for andretti he's a new investment i mean he's i he actually might be older than colton herda i don't know colton herda is only like 22 it feels yeah. like he should be like 35 but uh, maybe it's just, you know, get Kyle Kirkwood, someone that is going to do a good job and has obviously has experience working with someone young, new, kind of a hot shot, a little bit of a tendency to to wreck some cars. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to Kyle Kirkwood or Colton Herta, but um, I mean, maybe, you know, he just wants someone in there who's who's going to be a calming presence. And I mean, for Colton Herta, it might not even matter who's on the stand, you know? I mean, Colton mm-hmm. Herta is that good, in my opinion. I think he, I mean, in terms of pure skill, I mean, he might be the top driver in the paddock. Um, but yeah, I, again, just why wouldn't you do that at the beginning of the year? Very weird, man. It's 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 weird. It feels reactive um, yeah. in, a, in a short-sighted way. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, 
totally agree. no no we won't know until you know the book is written or you know whatever yeah uh so it's all just speculation right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, I did want to talk to you about the Texas TV ratings. Uh, I don't know if you saw them, but they were down like kind of significantly from 2022. And it was obviously a better race than 2022. I mean, it was like we said last week, it might be the best race all year. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of discouraging to see that. I mean, I wasn't expecting it to blow like NASCAR out of the water or anything, but yeah, for the, for it to be down that much, um, I was disappointed and I was curious what you, what you think about how IndyCar can kind of improve their ratings. Like what do you think would appeal to more people and how do you think they can draw more attention? Yeah, it is weird, right? Because F1 has this dedicated fan base where mm-hmm. people wake up at over here in the States, they wake up at 6am, Yeah, you know, stay up till 2 a.m. just to watch the Australian Grand Prix. Yeah. And I had people, uh, friends of mine who were like, hey, you staying up for the Australian Grand Prix? And I was like, I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like Red Bull won. I know they're going to win. Yeah. Um, and, Despite F1's best efforts, I might add. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so and I, and I I would, you know, then kind of pitch IndyCar to them. And it's it, it always kind of falls on like a, a deaf ear. Uh, bad terminology there but you know they're not really listening to what i'm saying or it's just like you kind of have to watch an indie car race to to get your feet into it you know Mm -hmm. dip your toes um so i don't know um and if if f1 can get people waking up at god knows when yeah. Uh, I think IndyCar can definitely pull in more than a million viewers for the Texas race we watched. Yeah. It wasn't competing, I don't think, in terms of Australian Grand Prix, unless you're watching the replay, which a lot mm-hmm. of people do do over here. Yeah. Um, so that seems a little weird to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think about what else was happening on that Sunday. You know, it might have been like the start of the baseball season. Yeah, that could um, be. It. But. I any either way, I think uh people people will make time to watch it if they're interested in IndyCar. Yeah. So that's I mean, a hard sa- question. Same way that F same way that it works with F1. I mean, people do the same for soccer. I mean, I live right down the street from Union Jack here in Indianapolis, and it's a Liverpool bar. But during the World Cup, I mean they were opening at six AM or eight AM or whenever. And I'm not going to to Union Jack to watch Bahrain and Denmark play a pool game, you know, that means nothing <laughs> at 8 a.m. But there were people who were doing that. So mm-hmm. again, I I don't want to like beat this into the ground, but it just it feels like IndyCar needs to find a way to get people rooting for specific people or specific teams and i 100 percent. i don't know what the answer to that is how do you do that like without looking like a f1 ripoff right now by doing a docuseries yeah and you can do a docuseries and not rip off f1 but Mm -hmm. i think which hopefully that's what 100 days to indie will be but sorry no you're good i i think the important thing like because when i try and pitch it to people 
I'm always like, oh, well, you know, some there's some oval drivers, there's some road mm-hmm. race drivers, the stuff that you've basically told me over the last month. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can find the drivers that are in most of the races all year mm-hmm. and are like consistently pretty decent, yeah, I think you should build a brand around them mm-hmm. and then uh, tell their stories and yeah. tell the, you know make people invest in those drivers because you're, you know, you're going to go out there every mm-hmm. Sunday or whatever and watch that guy race. Yeah. Uh, the teams, I don't know because there's no real like championship, right. For, for the teams. Um, yeah. I mean, you still get certain allegiances. I mean, for hardcore fans, I, part of it too is like the engine suppliers. Like if you're a big Chevy guy, I mean, I don't know. I've never been a, a you know fully dedicated to one car brand over another, but there are people out there who are hardcore Chevy guys who will only buy Chevys. Or I don't know if there's like Honda guys. I I can see that for like bikes, but like <laughs> I I can't imagine there's a guy out there like I will only buy a Honda CRV. You yeah. know? Yeah. But I you don't like yeah you don't get that same same allegiance to the team you do, but I mean, there still is that to some degree. And there's only two engine providers. So it's like, you're either yeah. choosing, you know, you're, you're choosing Mercedes or you're choosing Red Bull. Like that's yeah. kind of how they pitched. That's how it was pitched mm-hmm. uh, in drive to survive mm-hmm. the first season. At least it was like, you're either a Lewis Hamilton fan or a Max fan. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that's going to work for IndyCar. It's a different, it's a, just a yeah. different beast. Um, And I, you know, I think you're going to get more. The the good thing that F1 has done for IndyCar is it has introduced people to racing like myself. Yeah. And it's very, it's, I think it's easy to make the transition once you can invest the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think they need to make that transition easier or not necessarily easier. I mean, but more accessible, I guess. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so it sucks the TV ratings were down for Texas. I didn't really know that until we started yeah. talking. Um, yeah. Exhilarating I, race. So I know. Yeah. It's just disappointing that such a great race didn't really. I mean, when it's happening, like there's not really a whole lot you can do. But I, I don't know. Did you see the did you see the picture of Pato's trailer after the race? Like the huge crowd that was out there waiting for autographs. Or no. did you hear anything about, so he had this deal going where if you bought something on his web sh- store, you would get like one free grandstand ticket to the Texas race. Cause he, so he's, he's Mexican, but he kind of split his time growing up between Mexico and San Antonio. So it's Texas was kind of his home race, almost de facto home race, I guess, since IndyCar hasn't gotten to Mexico yet, but like there was a huge crowd waiting for him after the race, because I think a lot of people bought stuff from his store and showed up and got a ticket and showed up and, you know, after the race wanted an autograph or just a picture or whatever. Um, I feel like that's their best opportunity to do something like F1. And I just really hope they can capitalize on it, but I don't know. Did you see any of that? I didn't, I didn't see it, but like, it'd be great. This is a, it can get real, real tricky, real quick, and it's really easy for me to sit here as a fan and just be like, "Hey, this is what you should do." Yeah, you know, there's a lot going on that we don't know about, but yeah, but I mean, it give... also well, it disappoints me that you didn't 
come across that because mm-hmm. you are kind of plugged into it. And like, yeah. if you're plugged into it and aren't seeing that people who aren't also aren't <laughs> seeing that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So like, but like if, if you're at the race, well, first off, if you're at the race, you're probably a fan or you're going with your friends or something. Yeah. But like, if you do go with your friends, like if you can get access to uh, interacting with the cars, with the drivers, you know, I think, I think it's in any car. It's pretty easy to do that. It seems like. Oh yeah. Um, and that is going to convert people into hardcores. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're going to remember when you like ran across, like I, when we went to, uh, the Gallagher Grand Prix, mm-hmm. you know, I still remember like just walking uh, around and like running into people and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that's that guy. That's that guy. Yeah. And, you know, I have friends who had pictures with Bobby Ray Hall down in uh, St. Pete. It's like that is such a cool moment. I don't yeah. Know. Um, One of the cool things about the 500 is um, even if you don't have like gasoline alley access, if you don't have a garage pass, which gasoline alley is the garage and at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I don't know if you know that or not. Nope. Um, but that whole, the whole south end of the garage, it's just a chain link fence. And you can, especially race day morning, although I guess I didn't walk by there last year. In 2021, they had it blocked off. You couldn't go over there. Hopefully you can, you'll be able to go over there this year. But um, it's just a chain link fence. And all morning you see people milling around in there, people on the teams. And it at some point, because they've got their big, it's I guess it's no longer Sunoco but or Speedway, but they have the big they look like rare old gas pumps, but they gas up the cars there before qualifying in the race and everything in practice. But they push the cars out and gas them up right there. And you can just if you're walking by, you need all you need is a general mission ticket. You can still see it. Mm-hmm. Olivia, um, my fiance for our listeners and our very dedicated fan base in Scandinavia. <laughs> um that's like her favorite thing to do is like, she wants to go over there and look, she's, she had never heard of IndyCar before in her life mm-hmm. before I took her to the race when we started dating and she loves to go by there and just watch and see who's going by. We went over there. We were at pole day last year. She wanted to go over there and just see what she could see. David Malukas was standing right there talking. To, he was in street clothes and he was like drinking a coffee or whatever, but it was so cool to see him right there, like five feet away, just going about his day, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. And I mean, I, I even have experiences like that. I remember as a kid, it was just like pouring down rain during time trials. It was probably pole day. Don't remember what year, but they have some bathrooms up and above these suites that kind of look out onto gasoline alley. And we were sitting up there just waiting out the rain and the AJ Foyt, the legendary AJ Foyt, who everyone knows, like you can, pull a random person off the street and be like, do you know who AJ Foyt is? And like nine times out of 10, they'll be like, yeah, doesn't he race cars? You know, like <laughs> a lot of people know who AJ Foyt is yeah. for whatever reason, but he was just driving by in a golf cart. And I remember I yelled at him. I was like, Hey, my name's AJ too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I still remember that to this day. It was like five seconds. Yeah. And then even like a, a bronze badge to get in the, in into the garages is like 150 bucks, which is a, it's not cheap, but it also yeah. gets you into every day at practice. Like it can, it counts as admission too. So like when you consider that it is pretty cheap. It is very affordable in comparison to like, you know, as a Star Wars fan, I go to these conventions, uh, the conventions cost, it's like a hundred bucks for two days. Uh, you know, if you're lucky, yeah. um, 
and so 150 for like basically all weekend and special access that's yeah. like nothing you know yeah yeah i mean it's i did it one year with my dad um we kind of did it on a whim too we like it was just us two we usually our whole family would go and it was just us two when we went and um it was cool like you saw people at Catherine leg who's running this year um she was there she <laughs> Um, and I remember just standing there and she was just talking, like came out and was signing autographs and just talking to people literally, you know, five feet away from us. My dad went back the next day and got, he had a little mini helmet that he got a bunch of signatures on. Like, it's just, it's super cool. And there's some places where it's just included in your ticket. Like I think road America is like that. Um, I do remember one time mid Ohio, I went to that one year and, um, we, we snuck into the garages after the race. They weren't really, I wouldn't say we snuck in. They weren't really like patrolling, but, um, but we were just walking by and then, uh, Tim Sendrick, who's like the team president of team Penske. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember. There was someone else on there and Rick Mears, who's like one of the greatest IndyCar drivers of all time. Um, one of the four time winners of the Indy 500, Tim Sendrick and Rick Mears just go zooming by in a golf cart. Like no, no one with them. It was just like th- three people sitting on a golf cart and like absolute legends of the sport. Tim Sendrick's going into the the Indie Museum Hall of Fame this year. Rick Mears <laughs> is already in it, you know. Yeah, just out there, like that's so saying, cool. Yeah, it's very very accessible. I think that's a good pitch for people. Yeah. Um, you know, the other news I think that's coming out is just uh, the we've got some old school throwback liveries. Oh yeah, Indy five hundred, right? Uh, yeah. So what do we got here, AJ? Yeah, so uh, McLaren is gonna do some throwback liveries for the five hundred this year, which I'm super excited about. They're like in recognition. I don't know, McLaren. I I've never really thought of it as a team thing, but do you know about the Triple Crown? Um, the Indy five hundred, Le Mans. I'm saying that wrong, aren't I? Le Mans. Le Mans. I mean, a lot of people people Le will say Le Mans. Um. And then uh, Monaco? Yeah. Okay. Um, Typically, I've always thought of it as more of like an individual driver thing. Mm -hmm. But McLaren, if you count it, is like a team thing. They've technically won it. Um, They're going to have some throwback liveries that kind of recognize their wins in each of those events. Um, So Pato is going to have a livery that looks like is reminiscent of the McLaren F1. I think GTP um, prototype car that won Le Mans 1995. Um, Alexander Rossi will have the, uh, I guess not the livery, but a livery that is similar to Johnny Rutherford's 1974 Indy 500 winner, um, which will probably look a lot like Fernando Alonso's livery from 2017 if you're familiar with that it's just Mm -hmm. the papaya orange um some kind of like a lot of times you hear it as like college font um looking numbers uh but that'll that'll be pretty cool too because i mean the papaya orange is a classic everyone knows that yeah um and they're not gonna have like i mean obviously they'll have the normal advertisements on it sponsors and stuff um Probably. It's just going to yeah. be like the spirit of that livery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would kill to see some Marlboro ads. Um, 
Well, yeah. So the the Felix Rosenquist is going to have the Elaine Prost 1984 uh, Monaco winner, which is like the MP42, mm-hmm. um, which kind of has those like orangish, reddish. Yeah, we'll call them chevrons. You know, like the the old school, um, the old school stripes, which Team Penske had for a long time. That was because they were also sponsored by Marlboro. So that one will be really cool. A lot of people will be very excited to see that one. Hopefully that's it actually looks like that. The McLaren liveries at the 500 last year were super weird. They like partnered with some weird clothing, trendy clothing company. Like Zara or something. Like I think it was like undefeated or something. I can't remember the name of it actually. But hmm. um, yeah, it was, I don't know. It's a good change of pace, though. Um, I'm excited for the, for new liveries. I mean, liveries always for me. It, like in F1, they make a big deal about it, right? They're like, "Oh, here's our release day or whatever." Yeah, we'll get the car. Um, in general, though, ninety uh, percent of the time, I don't really care. Uh, it's like the ten percent that stick out to me, where I'm like, yeah. "That's cool." Um, well, I, I you're big into the Star Wars memorabilia. Yeah, I'm yeah. big into the IndyCar memorabilia, and I've been collecting diecast cars since. I mean, I was, it was I think I got one at the, my first poll day in 1998. There's still cars that I think about, and like I love having the diecasts of those cars, and like knowing I have those the classics, the ones that I really loved, and even in that form, um, and like even I we went with my cousin to a race. He's not a race fan or anything but like you know he got one because he thought it was cool and i think that's a it's a great way to like capture attention like we're talking about mm-hmm. um but i i do think it's cool to have the throwbacks because like indycar doesn't have that i don't know do, do you know about nascar their whole throwback weekend no honestly i don't i don't watch like nascar at all i watch maybe a race a year uh they do so it started out um they one of the classic NASCAR races is the Southern 500 at Darlington in South Carolina, which is one of the old school OG NASCAR tracks. Um, not at all like anything else that it, it's like egg shaped, super weird. You have to run the very top line, like right against the wall. It's super cool, super old school. They brought back the Southern 500, which they hadn't had for a long time. It was always Labor Day weekend, 500 miles, really tough race. Um, and it had been gone for maybe 10, 15 years or so. Um, they brought it back and when they brought it back, a whole bunch of teams were like, we're going to do some throwbacks. And so a bunch of people all like, it was kind of grassroots teams just decided, you know, we're going to bring back these old paint schemes from, you know, the seventies and eighties and even like the fifties and it just kind of grew and grew. And so now they have an official, it's not the Southern 500 anymore. They do it in the spring. But yeah, they just bring back old paint schemes from, you know, when people were kids. And it's just really mm-hmm. cool. And that like I, I saw Goodyear, Goodyear this year, they're doing like throwback tire wall. I mean, I think they typically do that, but like a, a throwback sidewall design on the tires and it's just a cool weekend. And IndyCar doesn't have anything like that. And I see all the time on like Twitter and Reddit or wherever that like people want that for IndyCar. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to get a little bit of it. So yeah. I didn't no. mean to get up on a soapbox there, but hey, you got to do what you got to do. Um, and I think if there's like, come on, this is these are easy wins, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, change the livery out. It's like when like the socks, the white socks. I sorry to go to baseball mm-hmm. every Friday. They're going to wear the South Side City Connects jerseys every Sunday. They're going to wear 
the retro 83 jerseys. I Those ones are the on best. They I should... love them. Well, I guess, I don't know. I love, I love the grays. I love the socks grays. Yeah. We don't have to go too much into this because people no, probably don't yeah. know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, we'll, <laughs> we'll get away from that. But, but the, the spirit of it is just, you know, it is a very good point. They, they do this and it brings like a little bit of nostalgia, a little bit of enjoyment yep. to the fans. Uh, and it's super easy to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and that's the other thing too, that I didn't really think about is like IndyCar was at its most popular in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the the classic liveries that people talk about as being the best of all time were all the nineties, like early nineties. You, you think about you've got like the Team Penske. I mean, that continued on into mid to late two thousands, but the Marlboro schemes with the orange chevrons. You got well, <laughs> and also a lot of them are tobacco related. But <laughs> even, hey, like, they're views related now, sir. <laughs> yes, it's. <laughs> Yeah, it's better. It's better. We can make it work. But how much how much would views have to pay for Pato to get out of the car and just take a big rip? Just man, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't think that, that would be hilarious. That would that would get some play on social media. I think yeah. we need to make that happen. <laughs> IndyCar and views and McLaren need to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah, before <laughs> Before, if Pato wins the 500, before he dumps the milk on him, he needs to take a huge rip of his vape. Yeah, yeah, he'll take a rip of the vape, he'll dump the milk, and then once it's off, he'll just let it out, you know? Um, I don't know why we're not working for views. Uh, Honestly, they're getting a lot of free... We need no more free ads for views. I think we need to cut back. We're cutting back. Yeah. (laughs) We've yeah, we've been giving views a lot, which I do. I mean, I do give them credit for advertising with IndyCar, but yeah, we do need to. We yeah. might get in trouble. That might be violating some advertising laws. It might be. It might be. Um, but this do is we America. need to run a disclaimer before every episode. Uh, some that, people like, do that, like addictive. We, the gambling, they do that for that, you know. Um, mm. but we can. Do you want to? You want to look forward? You want to do our uh, our predictions? Yeah. Our maybe just contemplating what what's going to happen this weekend um you know who's yeah. going to who's going to sit on pole who's going to win the race who's going to what kind of engine is it um i will say from watching uh long beach from last year mm-hmm. uh i loved uh the shadows from the bridges cuz i mm-hmm. can imagine that plays a role i don't know how much it plays when you're you know flying like 150 miles an hour mm-hmm. but uh certainly uh i imagine like you're not seeing a bump or something like that it'll play a role last year they had a uh new sealer on the track which they said was contributing to record pace Mm -hmm. which i don't know if they i can't imagine they seal it every year no Uh, i I mean they're just like they're just regular old city streets i think that's up to the city of long beach (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's not indycar's decision i know which is amazing right because like yeah uh you just don't get that enough one um yeah that that decision was made in a city council meeting in september last year yeah (laughs) yeah just watch the nascar race come to chicago Uh, yeah that'll be interesting there's so many potholes here those cars are not gonna last (laughs) uh like i my prediction would be they all crash in the first turn (laughs) um 
so one thing I got to address is the fountain, uh, uh-huh. which is like the coolest part of that race. Uh, oh yeah. I love the, the fountain. Um, the last year is the first time I can remember someone like going into the, fl- into the fountain. Yeah. Not, I, well, not the fountain itself, but like the flowers, no. the landscaping around it. Yeah. That was Paginot, right? Um, yeah. And, uh, they kept, if you, if you go back and you do a, a rewatch, they, it's like, you know, puns galore. Oh, he's a big forest. Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that. They really commentary. leaned into it. Uh, one question I have though, is do, do they ever open up the other side? I mean, it goes towards a building so I can understand not, um, no, I, they have never done that, but that would be cool if they did. Cause it, it would be a totally different, like you're coming, you're coming right instead well, of going. And you mentioned it, the, it, the, well, see, the thing is, as soon as someone realizes, which is the faster way, everyone would just go that way mm-hmm. anyway. So it wouldn't there wouldn't really be the like dual? Well, I I don't know. So they, they need to, to like, figure out a way to make it exactly the same amount of time. I don't know if they need to like open it up to both sides, but which would be cool. But well, yeah. Speaking of Mario Kart vibes, that would yeah, that'd be nuts. Yeah, <laughs> they should <laughs> go they, full like, Mario Kart if they just changed it from the left side to the right side. I think that'd be a cool enough change to where the guys. It's just like that one little thing different mm-hmm. that will impact your race. Um, that would be cool. I've never thought about that. I don't think it'll happen uh, ever because I, I don't know. I feel like it impedes uh, foot traffic into that one building that sits uh, kitty corner to the uh, fountain. Yeah, that's true. But uh, it's a cool idea. And I, I you know, I love uh, I just every shot they have of that fountain where it's, you know, you got the fountain in the forefront and then the mm-hmm. cars in the background and they're zipping by. It's so cool. Um it is. It's it's a good uh it, it's a good iconic scene and good imagery and it's a good way to connect like to bring you back and connect that with Long Beach. Like you see that, you know it's Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Which they haven't always had that. That's, I mean, relatively, I don't know when they first brought that in. The the layout of Long Beach has changed quite a bit over the years. They've had quite a few different layouts. Yeah, you, you sent me a video, uh, and I, the IndyCar tweeted it out too? Um, yeah, yeah, they did like a side-by-side video. I mean, it was originally an F1 race way back mm-hmm. when it first started in the 70s. Um, and yeah, that was the layout with... <laughs> They kind of dive down some hills and back up, and yeah, I, I you know, I it's really hard for me to imagine diving down a hill. But I, I when I watch the video, it's like these guys are getting a little airborne. Yeah. Uh, bring that back, man. I know it's dangerous, but uh, it's cool. I, it would be so cool. I mean, <laughs> F one in the seventies and eighties was stupid dangerous. <laughs> like, have you seen videos of them pulling into the pits? Uh, yes, I have. <laughs> Where it's like full of people. Uh-huh. I, that blows my mind. <laughs> they just <laughs> have like crowds hanging around. It's like, hey, come on in. Uh, even in that one race, uh, they're flipping, they're they're flying around like a hairpin turn and there's just like some fans like yeah. sitting on the <laughs> sitting oh, on the barrier. Have you ever seen any of the old like group B rally stuff? No, no. Okay, we'll take that offline, but I'm going to send you some old groupie. It's nuts. Like, people are just, like, standing in the road where these, like, 
thousand horsepower rally cars are coming through coming blind over jumps and people are just like running out of the way of the car as it comes it's it's wild i'll yeah i'll send you some (laughs) videos of that we used to be a proper country um (laughs) (laughs) oh boy somewhat somewhat i'll I'll agree with that i think you know (laughs) we need to bring some of that recklessness back absolutely Uh, but uh yeah they also mentioned i didn't see this in the uh in the replay on Peacock, uh, that you get your face in bronze if you win there. Uh, they have like a wall somewhere. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a wall or like a walk. I, yeah, like a... I thought I always thought it was kind of like the uh, like the Hollywood Walk of Fame, you know, where they put their their hands in the concrete. I always thought it was kind of something like that. But um, I tell you what, a Google search does nothing. So. Uh, Okay, well, well, we'll keep an eye on the broadcast. I'm sure they'll mention it at some point. Maybe I'll call them up. I'll call up uh, Hinchcliffe and be like, hey, can you like send me a photo? Uh, <laughs> so last year's Good Drivers, uh, just because I watched, uh, I had, <laughs> you know, these were the guys that were, uh, last year's race was awesome. I loved it. It was uh, a good race. You know, Colton Herta took pole. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ends up uh, hitting the sidewall mm-hmm. and not finishing uh polo took fastest lap uh and on the podium you know joseph newgarden got the win grosjean took second and polo took third mm-hmm. uh grosjean i hope he i hope he's last this race i am done <laughs> with grosjean um i feel like for me i'm really rooting for colton herta this race uh i would love to see i he's won there before i'd love to see him win again uh and I just feel like he got cheated last year about (laughs) he was about to go back to back years. I would like to see him do well because that would kind of get him into the mix points wise in the Mm -hmm. champ. Oh, like the overall championship. Um, At this rate, if Pato finishes second every week, I don't think anyone's going to catch him. (laughs) That's still a big Uh, ask. Yeah. I mean, but that's kind of what Will Power did last year. I mean, he had like maybe, I don't know, like two or three weeks where he finished outside the top 10. You know, like he had mm-hmm. a great year last year, just very consistent. He only won what one race, I think. But yeah, he only won one race, but he, you know, he had like 10 podiums or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't need to win a ton to win the championship and will power prove that last year. So like, I mean, if Pato can stay consistent and obviously they had a great road to street course package in St. Pete. So, I mean, he's definitely a threat. Um. But uh, if Herta can, I mean, Andretti's been good here for a while, like for the last handful of years. Um, so if Herta can have a good week and, you know, maybe win pole and lead the most laps, get a few extra points in there and close it out this year. I mean, I think that would put him in good shape and get him right back in it. And that's what I'm hoping to see because he's my pick for the championship this year. <laughs> well, uh, my pick, which was kind of, for the championship was Pagano. I got to just hang that up. That's done. Yeah. Uh, car's not there. He's not there. Um, I don't know who I would pick, uh, to be honest. I don't, I want to see Colton Herta succeed. I do not want him to go to F1. Uh, <laughs> why not? I, well, I think he's better than Logan Sargent. All right. Oh, absolutely. But he's fun to watch, man. I'd rather watch him at <laughs> IndyCar. I- I would too, but I would also love to see him go to F1 and just put Max Verstappen in a body bag. <laughs> because 
Colton Herta is if he's in a Williams, he's not going to do that, though. Um, no, he's not. But Colton Herta is a better driver than Max Verstappen. I, I'm saying that right now. I'm putting that out into the world. He is a better driver than Max Verstappen. I, Ma- I, Max Verstappen, you put him in an Indy car. He in Long Beach, he doesn't crack the top fifteen. He could not really. Handle it. He could not handle it. He could not handle the bumps. He could not handle the car. The lack of downforce. Think about his entire career. He's been driving for Red Bull. High downforce, like very, you know, like planted to the ground. The Max fans are throwing tomatoes at you right now, AJ. Good. Um, I hope they are. I hope <laughs> I hope I get blown up on social media about this. The one Not guy that we have any attention on social media, but I'm I will stand by this for the rest of my life. Colton Hurd has a better driver than Max. Verstappen. I don't know enough about racing, admittedly, to say that. Um, but I like to believe it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I do agree that I would much rather watch him in IndyCar than F1, but it would be great to see him prove a point. Mm-hmm. I mean, look yeah. at Romain Grosjean. Like, it's not like he was, you know. No, he didn't come over here and dominate. Like, yeah. I think a lot of F1 fans were like, oh, he's going to the minors. Um, yeah. And it's like, no, you're. You he know. doesn't have a win yet. He's been around. This is, for th- this is his third season. He doesn't have a win. Yeah, no, that is nuts. Three seasons in, he's got no win. And he's arguably doing a more dangerous sport. (laughs) Was it worth it, Grosjean? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, he made such a big deal about almost dying. And then he went to. It was a weird. I I don't, you know, I can't get into his psyche, but I hope he's doing all right. Um, I do love that you dislike him so much. (laughs) He just, I, dude, it's just the post-race interviews. I watched the post-race interviews after this one, and Pato was such a delight. Uh, he was <laughs> like, you know, I, I didn't watch last year's races. I have been, obviously, since we've been covering this, but mm-hmm. very respectful of his team, very focused. For such a young person, I think it was really mature, and he, he might be my favorite driver right now. I don't you're, know. You're not alone and not to get back on to this subject, but IndyCar needs to do their job and like put Pato in front of every person in America. <laughs> not to not to set expectations too high. Yeah. But Pato needs to be on every TV screen in North America. He's a very likable person. Um, he is, absolutely. Yeah. So like, I don't know. It was good. Uh the other things uh, that I noticed during the race, which I, it'll be interesting to see uh, for this race, uh, you know, the focus on in and out labs. I think that's just a consistent racing thing. Oh, yeah. But like here, the last year's race was decided on in out lap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, in, in, the, in that way, it's more like it's almost like an F1 race where like strategy is so important here just because, I mean, granted, you do have that long front stretch where you can kind of get in the draft and maybe make a pass and like use push to pass. Um, but it's hard to pass outside of like turn one and turn nine. There's mm-hmm. not a whole lot of opportunities and like, you're only going to get that opportunity if you get a good run. So yeah, like in that respect, it's a lot like an F1 race and that strategy is so important. Yeah. It was uh, pretty funny during the last broadcast. They said like, you know, uh, 99% of people will take the three stop or whatever it was. And mm-hmm. then like <laughs> 1% will take the two stop. 
<laughs> why, why are you even showing me this graphic? Um, <laughs> that's a very good point, actually. I didn't I didn't think about that when they showed that, but that's a very good point. <laughs> uh, it, it provided some talking points, you know, some some guy behind the scenes was doing his statistics and was like, hey, this is a thing. Um, they got to they got to have some drama, even if it's just one percent. Which and, would make it even crazier if someone who took that route would end up winning. But everyone, everyone talks about the F one start music, right? The mm-hmm. like the intro. horns, yeah, the trumpets. Yeah. Um, I will argue that the race I watched at least last from last year had better outro music than the intro music because it was Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> it was like all these great songs. Um that you know it's simple things that just make it like oh yeah you know i like that like it literally releases dopamine in the brain um (laughs) i do think that's an nbc thing because i don't know if you you watch some football but not a ton Mm. sunday night football is notorious for playing absolute bangers yeah like you and i were both big the like big fans of the wonder years Multiple occasions when Philly's playing on Sunday Night Football, they play with the Wonder Years. Is you know in a cut to, cut to yeah. a break, and the Wonder Years shout out the Wonder Years, one of both of our favorite bands of all time. Yeah, I remember when that first happened, and uh, the lead singer was like, "Holy crap!" Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if they can do stuff like that, um, you know, I think that's a that's a good that's a, you know another another check yeah. check mark for IndyCar. Um, and one thing I, I couldn't stop watching was they were really close to the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, that happens everywhere in all racing, but just something super noticeable, uh, with the angles they had last year, I guess, from the cameras. Yeah. that That's one of the best things about street racing. It's like the, the, the super fine line of like oval racing, but with like, the intensity uh, and dynamics of road racing. Yeah. It's just super exciting. I love street courses and not to mention that it like gets the racing into very populated and gets uh, for the lack of better words, like gets it into their backyard. I know that's yeah. kind of a cliche, but no, no, it makes sense. Um, so I, I'm wondering uh, from, from like a, a question from a learning perspective, uh, you know, I got some questions like, yeah, I, and I think I've asked this. Mm-hmm. Why do you guys have so much push to pass at the end of the race? Like the guys who are in like 15th, 16th, uh, like if I, I don't get it. <laughs> I, th- I think sometimes it's like a fuel saving issue. Like if you're trying to stretch the fuel number, um, you can't use it because it uses more fuel. Yeah. Yeah. So like sometimes it's that's an issue. I think sometimes like they just don't have a need <laughs> to use it. Like the the only time you would use it, I think outside of when you're trying to make a pass or trying to defend um is on in and out laps, mm-hmm. which is kind of an un- underrated use. Um I think a lot of the top guys do use it on in and out laps. Yeah. Get the um, tires warmer faster and just i well, mean especially if you're trying to beat a guy yeah if you're trying to undercut or overcut like yeah at the every line. tenth of a second matters mm-hmm. which we saw in last year's race i mean like 
on multiple occasions that like, and especially a strategy heavy race, like long beach, mm-hmm. like that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, you just get situations where you don't really need it. And like, maybe they're only using it for in and out laps mm-hmm. or they're just out by themselves and they're kind of, you know, they're not really going to gain anything from using it. And I don't know. Cool. I'm Yeah. It'd be an interesting thing to, to learn from my end. I, I maybe I have to hear it from the horse's mouth. Uh-huh. Um, but we, we talked about fuel consumption. Colton Herta last year had fuel consumption issues in the first two races. Uh, I don't think he was on track to have fuel consumption in Long Beach last year, like an issue. Uh, but, you know, is he having, is that an issue he's having this year? Like what would, I mean, he's DNF'd. Uh, well, there's some guys that are better at saving fuel than others. Like Scott Dixon is notorious for being mm-hmm. able to, they say like make, make fuel. That's a phrase you hear sometimes on the TV broadcast is like mm-hmm. Scott Dixon can make fuel because yeah. he is so good at saving that he can get a couple extra laps that other guys can't. And that, I mean, that's always a characteristic of some of the best drivers. Like Joseph Newgarden's good at that. Will Power is good at that. Like you can still go fast while trying to save fuel. Um, I know Pato had some, that was kind of a thing until the bunch of late yellows last or at Texas, not last week, but a couple of weeks ago at Texas. Um, I don't know. I can't tell if Colton Hurd is good at it or not. That's the thing. Like, I feel like I hear about it all the time. Like he's got to hit his number and he's not hitting his number. And he's always like, we got to hit that number, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's like, every oh, race. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, if he wants to be on the level of Joseph Newgarden and Scott Dixon, he, that's a thing he needs to be able to do. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, We'll see, I guess. I mean, it might just pan out, like, you know, like some races, it doesn't matter just because there's yellows mm-hmm. when they, you know, when the yellows happen, it kind of negates all of that, but we'll see. I mean, a lot of times at the 500, that's a big thing. And it's like a lot harder at the 500 because you're not lifting, you're not yeah. breaking, you're flat out for about 500 miles. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's hard to save fuel. And I mean, there's guys that can do it. Scott Dixon, although he's only won one 500, I mean, not entirely his fault either. Although I guess a speeding penalty when you're leading and have led like a hundred laps is your fault. But I mean, like 2021, he got caught out by bad yellow, you know? Yeah. Um, and other times he just got beat, but yeah, you gotta be able to do that. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. Yeah. I mean it it's might some- just pan out where it doesn't even matter, but we'll see. Yeah, something to watch. Um and uh so when I'm thinking about this, uh do teams what are what are teams and what are drivers looking at in terms of car setup? Are they looking at last year's stuff? Or are they really coming off of practice and saying, ah, oh, this is how this is reacting? Uh is it in the moment or is it historical? Like how data driven do you think that is? Um, I do think a lot of times they look at their setups from the previous year Um, on occasions where there's like huge formula changes, like from 2017 to 2018, where the arrow kit totally changed. They kind of had these manufacturer designed arrow kits for Chevy had their own arrow kit and Honda had their own. And so they were like vastly different that like they, it doesn't translate at all. They just had to scrap everything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then the same thing happened like when they added the arrow screen um, from like 2019 to 2020. Very similar scenario where like the weight difference and like the aerodynamics difference doesn't changes everything. But I think like a year from like last year to this year, I think a lot of it translates. And I think we'll probably see a lot of the same cars at the front um, as as, as last year. Yeah. Um, the other wild card is like Firestone can change the tire compounds kind of at will. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of up to them. Um I guess I'm I'm sure IndyCar probably has a lot to say about it too. Um Yeah, we don't want another deflate gate on our hands, man. <laughs> there was kind of a racing deflate gate. I'm not like big in the sports car scene, but I don't know if you heard anything about the Rolex twenty four at Daytona with no, Meyer Shank, which is an IndyCar team. Yeah. Good they beat. got but they got busted for misrepresenting their tire pressures. And they won the Daytona. Like, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's a big the, deal. That's Yeah, that's a big race. I mean, there's not many 24-hour races. Mm-hmm. And you get a lot of guys. Like, Kevin Magnuson was supposed to race in it. Yeah. But he had surgery on his wrist or whatever, so he didn't race. But, like, people show up. Like, Fernando Alonso the other year showed up for the Daytona, mm-hmm. you know. Um. So, I don't know. Maybe some of that stuff is going on in, on an IndyCar. Because that was, like, Simon Pagano and Elio Castroneves. I yeah, think we're in that car. There's, <laughs> they still technically won, but uh, yeah, <laughs> they kept their watches, which I think was Tom Brady still technically won too. Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, I mean, I think that if Firestone ch- changes some of the 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 tire compounds and in the build of the tire, I think that can have a big role. But I mean, you look at stuff like the dampers and you know, just down force levels. And I mean, there's some mechanical things that I don't think really. Yeah. Um, I think there's like a zone where it doesn't matter what, you know, based on the tire or whatever. Um, I think typically give you an advantage and you do see some of the same teams end up in the, in the front year after year because they have good programs for that. So um, yeah, but to, to answer your question, <laughs> <laughs> 10 minutes later um they they do look at the past years from from what i know um and use that as is as a line to start yeah. or you know well that's good that's good to know um it. so uh in terms of uh you know uh, predi- predictions for this yeah. race uh i already said you know i think i want Colton Erder to win mm-hmm. um Kirkwood i think deserves a podium uh, yeah. because he was racing well last year, uh, but just young, I, I think. <laughs> yeah, he, I don't know how many DNFs he had last year, but he was competitive. I mean, uh, again, like Texas, he was competitive at Texas last year and just, you know, same thing. So. And then my one final hope is for Devlin DeFrancesco to just finish a race uh, because, you know, crashing uh, the car in both races previously i feel like you just gotta play it safe uh, a little a little bit more safe uh, maybe feel the car out a bit more if he crashes uh if he dnfs a third time i feel like you have to have that conversation with him uh yeah so i i do think because he's probably paying for that car yeah it's like not as big of a deal like i don't think they're gonna pull him they might not bring him back next year Mm. but 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think they would like pull him midseason because he's trashing cars. Because no, probably, he's pay, it's coming out of his pocket anyway. But um, uh, I that's also the case for Stingray Rob. I think this week, I think he needs to. <laughs> so yeah, Stingray Rob finish a race. Yeah, don't care if you're last. Um, yeah, because I don't. I don't know if he's paying for his ride. I think he, and I mean, just for confidence levels for him as a rookie, he needs a good finish. That yeah. That would be huge, I think, for the rest of the year. Um, obviously, Texas is kind of a wash. Like it seemed like he had a good car, um, but yeah, didn't have the finish he needed. I think that would go a long way for him, um, just in terms of momentum for the rest of the year. Um, I this week, I think uh, Pelo is going to win. That that's my prediction. He's been faster in the past. He obviously had a good year last year. Um, finishing on the podium and having, you know, the fastest lap. Um, I do feel like he, I mean, he showed up at Texas. He had a good race there. Um, I think he, it's been a while for, well, I guess he, he won it at Laguna last year to end the, end the year, but he had a rough year last year. I think, I think he turns it around this week um, and kind of builds some positive momentum to be a title threat mm. up there with new garden and Pato this year. Um, I do also think, um, I don't know. We haven't talked about this. I am all in on, I know you're not a huge fan just because of, of his face. Uh, yeah. Appearance reasons. Yeah. Um, but I am all in on Callum Eilat and who goes Hollinger in general. I am hundred percent committed. They're my, like, so why is Callum going to win this? Why is he, why would he, you know, I don't Why think he's he... going to win. I think he has a good race this week. He, he like he had a good race um at St. Pete. Um I think he finished yeah, he top took... 10, right? Yeah, he finished like ninth, I think or 8th. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean, he had a good week last week at, or not last week, I keep saying that. He had a good week at Texas. Um was very I mean, Canapino too. Good performance at both St. Pete and Texas. Just very solid, quiet workman-like weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Callum Eilat finally gets rewarded for that. Um, and also for signing a multi-year deal with Hukos. Um, But yeah, I am all in. I was just scrolling through their website the other day. Uh, I don't know if you know about this. Hunkos, uh in 2018, I think. 2018 or 2019? Either way, it was, um, oh, you know what? It must have been 2019 um, with Kyle Kaiser, qualified for the Indy 500. Sorry. No, it was 2019. It was 2019. Qualified for the Indy 500 and bumped out Fernando Alonso and McLaren Mm -hmm. to get in the show. And they showed up that week in a plain white car. They had no sponsors. It was like do or die. Al Kaiser wrecked in practice. They had to bring out their road course car because I don't know if you know this or not, but like teams build their speedway cars and they like work on them for months ahead of time to get everything fitting just right. Mm-hmm. All the seams, perfect. Everything's to be, cause that makes a difference Yeah, to make sure they're as fast as possible. And he wrecked that car in practice. So they had to bust out their road course car, which is set up totally different. And that's what he beat Fernando Alonso. 
It like it was like the, he was the last guy to go on yeah. bump day, and bumped out Fernando Alonso. And anyway, long story short, Kunkos Hollinger has a video on their website, kind of documenting that Him. whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Yeah, yeah, it was a big deal, and it was yeah. cool for especially for Kyle Kaiser, who like isn't even. Doesn't even have a ride anymore, but this tiny team knocking out McLaren and Fernando Alonso, like a two-time world champion. Mm-hmm. Two-time? One time? Three I think time. two. Three-time? Two-time. No, it's two-time. Two yeah. Two-time. Sorry. He's knocking out a two-time world champion. Yeah. In your tiny little Argentinian team. Anyway, I was watching this video. It was like 2 p.m. on like a Wednesday. I was like almost crying. <laughs> You're like, holy crap. And from that moment on, I've been like, I am all in on this team. These are my guys. They got the dog in them. <laughs> like, I am all about who goes. I am all about Callum Eilat. Well, I'll I'm watch all it. about Augustine Canapino. They are, they're the FAU <laughs> of the 2023 NTT IndyCar Series season. They I'll are, go, they're the real deal. I'll watch it. I'll, you know, maybe it'll give me a soft spot. Uh, but you know, um, he's not, he's not just, he just doesn't do it for me. I don't know. Uh, maybe I should watch a bit more interact, uh, with him more in terms of like viewing his stuff. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I like, I like Junko. So, uh, yeah, that sounds cool. It sounds like he's a good driver. Well, uh, they're like, they've kind of slowly built themselves up too. And they've got a shop in Speedway here. I, I I came down into Speedway one time. I went to Ball State. I drove down to Indy at one point. I don't know if it was for a test. Maybe it was, there was a test that like, it was too cold. I drove down to see the test and it was too cold. So no one went out. So I was just kind of like, okay, well, I drove down to Speedway. What do I do? So I just drove around a little bit. I looked in the windows at the Lara factory down there and I went over to Hunkos and I was looking in the window and everything. They built this shop down there. They started out as like a USF 2000 or whatever it's called now, Indy Pro 2000. Um, and then Pro Mazda, which is now, I can't remember. I, they keep changing the names. I don't know any of these. So uh, it's all foreign to me, sir. It might be USF Pro. I, I don't know what it is now. Um, anyway, they like built their way up and then they had like an Indy Lights team and they've just been gradually growing and, you know, making a name for themselves. And I appreciate that. And I would like to see it pay off for them. Yeah, I mean, if Pato wins, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for me either, just because I'm excited to see him uh, drive. And I, you know, yeah. As I stated earlier, I'm in on Team Pato. Uh, Is that going to make you a McLaren F1 fan? No, not in the world. No, okay. I hate Zach Brown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I guess him and Andretti are height. Um, yeah. You know, and it, I think this race is important for Pato because uh, yeah. he's leading and he wants to maintain that. I think this race is super important for Erickson. Mm-hmm. Uh because he DNF'd last year and he spent like, you know, you can watch the montage of him just watching the drivers go by, <laughs> like sitting in a lawn chair with a yeah. cooler. Good stuff. Um, and he's he's in second. Like, yeah. 
there's a good juggle for first. Uh, mm-hmm. And I like, I can't tell you how exciting that is for me uh, because it like F1's already dead. Like, <laughs> you know, it's probably either going to be Max or it's going to be Checo. Yeah. It's probably going to be Max because that's just how it works. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's cool to have something to be like, okay, all these guys and like, even if all these guys still do well, there mm-hmm. could be that other guy, that other element that just pops out of nowhere. Who's just been yeah. consistently good. Like you said earlier. Well, to make you feel a little bit better about it. Um, I think the last time the IndyCar championship didn't go down to the last race was like 2004, or 2005. So it's been like almost 20 years straight of consistent. Yeah. Like it goes down to the last race of the year. Yeah. I do agree. I, I, if Erickson wants to be a real championship threat, like he won the 500 last year and that was obviously a big deal. And he got a lot of points for that because he should. Um, but like he never really, you know, he was up there the whole second half of the year because kind of riding off that 500 win. Mm -hmm. Um, but he never felt like a serious championship threat to me, at least. I don't know if everyone felt that way, but like you kind of knew that it was, it was going to come down to like willpower and Joseph Newgarden. You get like, I just kind of felt that way the whole year. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you see him at the, at the top of the standings and you're kind of like, ah, well it's cause he won the 500, you know? Yeah. Like that's the only reason why he's there. Yeah. You're like, Oh, okay. You know, if he podiums, this weekend, I think that tells me like he's the real deal. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I feel about it. I don't know if that's how you feel about it. I would think, you know, that's three races where he's been consistently good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that would be an indication that as long as he continues the bad success that, you know, he'll, he'll be good. Yeah. Um, you know, I do like him uh, as mm-hmm. a driver. Uh, I do too. So, uh, yeah, I would, I'd be happy with him succeeding. Yeah, I mean, after I just said, like, I never took him seriously as a championship threat, I do think he doesn't get enough respect. Yeah. <laughs> just to play both sides of this conversation. <laughs> like, I do think he is a good driver, and I do think he kind of has, like, people kind of view him as an F1 reject. Yeah, exactly. That's the exact vibe I get from him. Yeah. Um, and they, they kind of treat him as a maybe young uh, even though he's not young for the sport. Yeah. Uh, but like maybe that's maybe the right term is inexperienced or just. Yeah. Uh, this is like now is his fifth year, I think. Yeah. Cause he, he was with, so arrow McLaren was, um, Schmidt Peterson motorsports for a long time. And then arrow was sponsoring Schmidt Peterson. That's James Hinchcliffe drove for them actually. Um, and then McLaren came in and bought up a portion of it. Um, but okay. So he's been there since. So yeah. Um, it is his fifth year, but yeah, I don't like, cause he didn't really have ever a good ride in F1 either. So he, you know, he did kind of mm-hmm. have that and he didn't light the world up when he first came over either. He kind of struggled a little bit for those yeah. first couple of years and like he, he wrecked in pit lane in his I don't know if that was his first 500 or his second um I guess it must have been his first but wrecked in pit lane he, what, he just, well I guess like, coming into pit lane he like locked up 
I, it was, uh, that's I, brutal. Pretty sure it was a green flag stop. So, you know, you're coming in at 220 yeah. miles an hour and trying to get down to 80 or whatever it is mm-hmm. and locked it up. And I mean, he's not the first to do that. Um, but yeah, he, yeah, he racked on pit lane. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of, yeah. you know, it's kind of so, funny. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a tough, tough way to end for him. Um, I think he was having like a solid race. He was up there. I don't think he was like lighting the world on fire, but. Yeah, I don't know. I I do think a good finish this week could go a long way towards towards getting some respectability. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's had some good races. Yeah. So, um, well, AJ, is there anything else that you wanted to? Well, I did also on that same vein. Uh, yeah, Felix Rosenquist needs a good week. He... Definitely. If he's uh, gonna wear the livery, man, he's got to start not crashing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he he needs to put a a good week and and not to further disparage the Swedish drivers for our strong Swedish fan base. Um, he he needs he's not going to have a ride next year if he doesn't get it together. Yeah, and yeah. I I like Felix Rosenquist. He seems like a cool guy. He's definitely a good driver. He has the talent. Um, but yeah, he needs a good finish. He needs a solid top five. Um. And I think that could get him going for the rest of the year. Um, another, and this is, I'm putting the whole team on watch here. Uh, Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan, they need a good week too. They were awful last, or I keep saying last week, they were awful at Texas. They had yeah. absolutely nothing. <laughs> and I know Graham had a good week at St. Pete, and obviously Jack Harvey had his own issues. Um, I can't remember what Lungar did. I mean, he didn't, obviously he didn't, you know, I guess he finished top 10, but as a whole though, the team needs to perform better. Yeah. I mean, cause they didn't have a good year last year. They brought in this guy from Red Bull to kind of run their engineering department. They have this huge new headquarters shop up in Zionsville that they just invested a ton of money. In. And then part of that is like the, the BMW IMSA, GTP money, which I know you don't really follow IMSA at all, but um, IndyCars are bread and butter. And I mean, they've not had a great couple of years uh, and they need, they need a good week from, for, from all of them, but especially Jack Harvey, like mm. I, I know it's early, but Jack Harvey is on watch to be replaced. <laughs> because <laughs> he did not have a good year last year either and yeah. I, he already got booted out of the high v car after high v built this entire campaign this advertising campaign around him i don't know if you saw any of that that you know you don't know jack high nope. v campaign yeah and, and commercials I and barely know jack still um. <laughs> <laughs> well, my Let's sister lives in there. iowa so like i hear high v is an iowa company High V is like the lifeblood of Iowa. That's that's one thing every Iowan has in common is they shop at High V. Yeah, you go to the High V, huh? Yeah. Well, and if oh yeah, anyone go to High V, pick up some groceries. Tyler, you would fit right in. <laughs> you you we would be stop a at the come and go. Go to the High V. You know. <laughs> You, yeah, you would you would do very well for yourself in Northwest Iowa. 
Well, if when I go to the Des Moines race, I'll just talk like that the whole time. I'll see if it clicks. You, um, you would, yeah. People would mistake you for a local, hundred yeah. percent. All right, but that's good. They did high V basically that entire weekend was high V's doing. They had <laughs> diecast in every. We went into in, into the Ankeny high V, and they had an entire wall of diecast that weekend, the weekend of the race, because I was there, and that was every high V. In the state, as far as I know, from what I can tell. Um, and he had a terrible year. And I feel bad for saying that. And I feel bad for you saying that because Jack Harvey is a huge Star Wars guy. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> that hurts a little bit. Uh, yeah. All right. But he needs to get it together. Because I want to see him do well. He he was with Meyer Shank for a long time and kind of helped them build up and bailed on them right when they were starting to get going. No, I mean, you got to think Ray Hall's a good opportunity, but yeah. Well, if he's a Star Wars guy, I'll start rooting for him. That's all I need. Um, you know, like it doesn't take much to win me over. Yeah. Uh, just don't be a jerk. Um, <laughs> he seems like a nice guy. Mostly. He's also, I'm on an IndyCar diecast group on Facebook. He see he's like posted on there and like gotten in touch with people on there. Um, he seems like a really good guy. So I want him to do well for that part too. And I want to see him stick around. Yeah. But yeah, he needs a good week this week. I'm going to say that every week until he gets, until right. he either gets pulled out of his seat or he has a good week. Yeah. Well, I'm rooting for a Jack Harvey win now. Screw Colton Herta. Um <laughs> I think he's done pretty well. I don't know for sure. I, I off the top of my head, I've, I feel like he's had some, some good weekends at long beach so yeah we'll see we will see yeah you got anything else nah all right well i guess that's another week of the 16th street scanner if you want to get in touch with us you can shoot us an email at 16th street pod at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at 16th street pod and for both of those it is the numerals one six street pod um, if you want to leave us a review or subscribe, check us out on Spotify, Substack, wherever you can find us. Um, as always, shout out to Penny Wishes. Uh, that's all we got. Catch you next time. Cheers. Bye. Three, two, one. Who's gonna win it?